This message is brought to you by Supernatural Life Ministry. Receive with excitement and grasp with passion the engrafted Word of God as it comes your way through God's servant, Ike Aziji, of the Supernatural Life Ministry. A man called by God with an embodiment of great grace and a mandate to reawake the greatness in you and to deliver mankind from every deception of the enemy. Now get ready for an unusual encounter with the Word of God that will take your life to the next level. Keys to answer prayers. Keys. What do I need to do for God to answer me? I've been praying and I'm not getting results. I'm going to go through this all this month. So I'm, I'm very, very sure you're going to be blessed. Keys to answer prayers. Can somebody shout hallelujah? And this morning we are starting from the book of Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. And the Bible says that, And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always. Someone say always. Not sometimes. Shout it always. And I'm not hearing you. Shout always. That men ought always. Always to pray and not to turn what coward, faint, lose heart and give up. You see, God is trying to say, when you are not prayerful, you're a coward. I don't mean to abuse anybody this morning, but what he's saying is that, you see, you see, God expects you to always pray because why the reason God is asking you to pray because he wants to answer. You have a God that answers prayers. When he says prayers, he wants to answer. So he said, don't don't coward. A coward is someone who even when he knows that he's going to win the fight, he's still afraid to fight. When even he knows that, look, I'm going to win this fight, but he has afraid, even if, when he knows he's going to win, he's afraid to get into the battle. A coward is someone who already accepted defeat. He has, he, he has quit. He has thrown the towel. He's tired. He's gone. I'm done. I'm done. But God said we ought always to pray and not offend. You see, um, if you read that story, I'm, I'm going to come to it later on. You know, but I'm going to from verse 2 to verse 7 and 8. And when you get home, I want you to read from verse 1 to verse 8. But I'm going, to, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to share the story. I don't want to waste time reading. So I wanted to give you, give you something to read when you get home. But I'm going to tell you the story later. What happened while Jesus was saying that. Hallelujah. So, so there is no anointing for prayer. See, somebody say, ah, I don't have the anointing. Prayer, see, prayer, you, are, you train yourself to pray. There's no special anointing on you for you to pray. There's nowhere in the Bible God says, I've anointed you for prayer. Prayer is not a suggestion. Prayer is a decision. And it's a commandment from God. You ought always to pray and not to faint. People train themselves to pray. Hallelujah. So nobody is anointed to pray. And the truth is that the more prayerful you are, the more powerful you will be. To be prayerful is to be powerful. When you are prayerful, you are full of power. You know, when, when you don't pray, you become a free. You become a free to the enemy. 
and that is not the first one in the name of Jesus. So God wants us to pray. And he said, men ought always to pray, so don't give up praying. Don't stop praying. You are designed to pray. You are called. It's a call. It's not a, it's not, it's not a religious activity. It's a kingdom responsibility. Prayer is a kingdom responsibility. It's a way by which we legislate in the realms of the spirit. It's a way where we, where which we get things done. Can you shout amen? Okay. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. The Bible says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you and show you and show you great and mighty things face in and hidden which you do not know do not distinguish and recognize have knowledge of or and knowledge of and understand so call to me and i will answer you you see prayer is a place where god gives you access to revelations to the solutions to, to the solutions of your situations is in prayer God will reveal mysteries to you when you pray. There's some mysteries that will never be revealed to you until you begin to pray. Because prayer gives you access to divine revelations. So, the, it, prayer increases your level of discernment. It helps your judgment. If you are a prayerful person, you will know when to judge right. Your judgment will, will be always accurate. If you are very prayerful. You will know how to discern. Your discernment level will increase. Your level of sensitivity will be so, so high. So high. If you know how to pray. Glory to God. I was somewhere yesterday and a man just woke up to me like I was fucking in the fucking lot. And me and my wife went to buy something. This guy drove and came. And he said, I am stranded. He has a Vata number at the back of his car. And he was like, I am just down where I slept last night. I came for vacation in Regina. I came just to see Regina. And this guy happened to be from Saudi Arabia. He's a white guy. And he said, you know what? Where I was lodging, when I woke up, they took my wallet. They took everything. Right now, I don't even have money to feed. He was with the wife in the car. All the, everything, they took everything from him. The wallet, the car, everything. He was begging. I need money to fill my car, fill my gas tank. So I can get to Abada. And I, I, I have not eaten. I'm so hungry. You look at the guy. He's, I'm a rich guy. He brought, he has this gold, gold, uh, what's it called? Ring. Gold necklaces. Real gold. He said, I need just $200 so I can feed my tank and get some food with my wife so I can go home. I'm, I, he full out all the, he full the ring, full the gold. I'm giving it to you. I just need 200 to keep to feed. When he was talking, God said, give him the money. I just walked straight to an ATM machine there. We drew 200 dollars and gave him. He said, take the gold. I said, I don't need it. Just take it go. When he was speaking, my wife was saying, give. Even when he was talking, if you look at him, you know that this guy, all he's talking, he's not lying. He need help. My wife said, give him the money. We just walked straight to the ATM and just withdraw 200 dollars and gave him. So, you see, that's some people. I've seen people when they come, they say, ah, ah they will talk. God said, don't give it nothing. Nothing. So, you see, not only in this area, in every areas of life, when you're prayerful, see, your sensitivity 
to the things of God and the things around you will be so high. That's nothing that, that's nothing that will take you unaware. You will know. Can you shout hallelujah? Can you shout glory to God? So he said, I will show you things that you don't know. You'll be going through some challenges and you don't know the way out of the challenges. God said, come and pray. I will reveal the secret of your problem to you. I will show you where to go. I will show you what to do. I will show you what you shouldn't do. I'm going to show you. I want you to pray. Somebody say, I will pray. I will pray. I will be consistent in prayer. It's not even praying. Some people pray today. They don't pray tomorrow. It's a kingdom responsibility. It's what you have to do. If you want to see change, you want to command result in your life, that is essential. It's one of the most important things you must do as a believer. Can you shout amen? Okay. James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. He said, you lost, James 4, 2, you lost and do not have. You murder and convert and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You do not ask. Some people don't ask. They feel that God knows their problems. Because they call upon me. Even that God knows what you need, he wanted to say it. Even though that God needs what he knows what you're looking for, he wanted to say it. Because you are decreeing that thing that gives God access to coming to do it in your life. Okay, he said, you will ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. We ask wrongly. One of the reasons why we don't get results in prayer, we don't, we don't feel, see, there's a structured pattern in prayer. See, heaven, you see, everything in heaven is structured. That's a pattern. You can't just go and get into heaven and just ask and open the gate like that. Everything in the kingdom is according to rules. So he said, you ask because you ask amiss. You ask, you don't receive because we are asking out of pattern. When you ask out of pattern, you're not going to get a result. Now the fact is God does not mean there's no protocols, there are no rules to the kingdom, to the things of the kingdom. There are rules which we must follow for us to get the result. Can you shout amen? Can you shout hallelujah? Okay. The question is that I'm looking at, I'm going to look at law number one. I'm going to run through this as a series this month. Laws of result in prayer. Somebody say laws of result in prayer. I'm going to show you the key one. We miss this a lot. But I'm going to start from there this morning. Your prayer must be what? Heartfelt. We miss this. For you to get the result in prayer, your prayer must be what? Heartfelt. It must, be, it, you must, it must come from your heart. That is why you don't just get into prayer. You have to, before you pray, you got to condition your heart. If your heart is not conditioned, you're not going to get this on the prayer. It must be heartfelt. Okay. You see, 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. I'm going to explain what I mean. And Elijah, 1 Kings 17 and verse 1. And Elijah, the Tishbite of the inhabitant of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. A man locked the heavens and put the keys in his pocket and God kept silence. He decreed something and God had him. What did he do? 
Someone shout hallelujah. What, how can a man love the heavens for three and a half years and God say yes to what he did? Glory to God. See, I want to show you, if you read James chapter 5, it explains what happened, what he did. Glory to God. And James chapter 5 and verse 16, the Bible says that the earnest heartfelt continued are you seeing that heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in what in his walking elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have with feelings affection and constitution like ours and he prayed earnestly for it not to rain and no rain fell on the earth for three and a half years. Glory to God. What did he do? Ha, he's talking about a heartfelt, continued. You see, that prayer he prayed was not once. The Bible says it was a heartfelt, continued prayer. The word heartfelt means that it has to come from your heart. Any prayer that will not move you will not move God. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Any prayer that doesn't move you will not move God. Any prayer you're praying is not from your heart. That's why I say it's not a religious activity. Some people say, let's just pray. Let's just pray. If your heart is not involved, God is not involved. A heart felt, the prayer was intense. His prayer was earnest. His prayer was fervent. His prayer was diligent, compassionate. His prayer was so deep. His prayer was so consistent that he releases the power of God. So, he said, a prayer that is heartfelt and is continuous will always be dynamic in its working. Dynamic in his walking. Dynamic in his walking. Somebody shout hallelujah. So God is saying your prayer must be heartfelt. It must be heartfelt. You see, the intensity of your prayer is what determines the velocity of the result you get from God. The intensity of your prayer is what determines the potency of the result you get from God is the intensity, the propensity of your prayer that determines the answers you get from God. And that must come from your heart. Can you shout amen? Can you shout amen? So God wants us to pray from our heart. Hallelujah. Okay. James chapter 5 and verse 18. And the Bible says, and then he prayed again. And heaven supply rain, the land produce its crop as usual. After three and a half years, he prayed again. Now, I'm going to show you later in this, in this teaching how he prayed again. When, you see, when you read the Bible sometimes, you got to understand what he's talking about. When he didn't say, Father, in the name of Jesus, release rain. And rain came. No. That's not what he did. He prayed again. I'm going to show you towards the end of this, what, what he, how he prayed. But he prayed again. It has to come from your heart. Can you shout hallelujah? 
Okay. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13. He said, And you will seek me and find me when you will search for me with what? All of your heart. That, not the last one. All your heart. Not some of your heart. All your heart. When all your heart is not involved, answer is not in view. When all your heart is not involved, solutions is not in view. It must, it must come from what? All of your heart. You must come from my heart. You see, you see, the problem we have today is that that time you want to pray, that is the time your phone will start ringing. That time, all those people that have not been calling you, they will start calling you. That time you want to answer, when you want to see God, that time all these things, all these distractions will start coming into your life. The word all your heart means undivided attention to God. Undivided attention. The word all your heart means that you will, it means that you will, it is without distraction. All your heart, undivided attention without distraction. Somebody shout amen. You can't get answer in prayer when all your heart is not involved. All your heart. All your heart. Can you shout the man? Okay. Jeremiah chapter 30 from verse 21 to verse 22. Jeremiah 30 verse 21 to 22. He said, For who is this that engage his heart to approach unto me? Said the Lord. And yet shall be what? my people and I will be your God. If you can engage your heart to come to me, you're going to be my people. I'm going to give you an answer. That's what it means. I will give you an answer. I will answer you. If you can engage your heart, you see, when you engage your heart, you are releasing spiritual power that will disengage every forces that is stopping you from getting to, getting to what God or getting what God has promised you. You got to engage your heart to disengage every forces that want to stop you. You got to engage your heart to stop everything that want to stop you. Can you shout amen? So your heart must be involved. In fact, approaching God with your heart is a direct line to heaven. Is a direct access to God. Your heart. When your heart is conditioned, I tell you, there's no way you will not get answer from God. So I decree for someone at the sound of my voice this morning. As you begin to engage with your heart, as you begin to engage with every fiber of your being, answers will be released in your life. I say answers will be released in your life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 31 and verse 9. Jeremiah 31 verse 9. He said, They shall come with weeping and with supplication. I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by the river of water in a straight way in which they shall not stumble. You see the word, they shall come with weeping. It's not talking about crying. This is not, it's not talking about your emotions and your feelings. No. He's talking about heart. The condition of your heart. That's what he's talking about. They will come with weeping. Their heart will be full. 
their heart will be so set on God. See, when your heart is set on God, all your supplication has no option than to receive divine attention. When your heart is set, they will come with their heart conditioned, set on God. Now, now, when they pray because their heart is set, God said, I will lead them. So when your heart is set to God, when your heart is set to God, condition, when your heart is conditioned to God, God said, I'm going to give you a direction. Number one thing is that you're going to, your supplication will receive attention. Your supplication will guarantee direction in your life. Can you shout amen? Your petition will guarantee acceptance and will give you direction. Can you shout amen? See, I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water. You know what that means? I will cause them. When your heart is involved, when you pray, God said, I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water. That means your life will be nourished. Your life will flourish. See, your life will have evidence. Your life will have proofs. Your life will come and result. Can you shout amen? And your life will produce fruits. You will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. When you engage your heart. Somebody shout amen. Come, somebody shout amen. You see, and he said, and what? In the straight way in which they shall not stumble. You can't fall. You will not be defeated. I will guarantee peace. My peace in your life. When you engage your heart. Somebody say, I will engage my heart. Shout it like a minute. I will engage my heart. Hallelujah. That is number one key to us a prayer. Now, look at what I want to show you. How he prayed again. I read before I say he prayed again. How did he pray? First King chapter 18 verses 43 to 44. And Elijah went up to the top of the camel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his head between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a hand of a man rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. You see how he prayed? Now, when the Bible says he put his head under his legs, put his, he's not talking about positioning. That's not what we're talking about. He's talking about concentration without distraction. He's not talking about, when say, you see, the, your position in prayer, you can lie, you can see, it's not, the most important is not how you're standing. The most important thing is, is your heart involved. When he said he put his head in between his knees, he's not talking about how he's, you know, how he's, you see, you see, when it comes to prayer, see, you might be articulate. It doesn't make any sense. You can be articulate. I'm not saying it's wrong. But God does not look at how well you speak English. What God looks at is your heart. 
Can you, can you hear are you hearing me this morning? Your heart. Once your heart is involved, God knows what you're talking about. He knows exactly what you're talking about. He knows. Can you shout amen? So, so what God is telling us is that we must engage our heart. You see, whenever you want to pray, don't, you see, you are praying. You are watching Facebook. You are watching YouTube. Yeah. You see, you are just, you are distracted. You are pressing your, you are answering call. <laughs> are you praying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? No. I want to get out. See, some, something happened last week. Uh, this is another 11, um, 12 days ago. Somebody sent money to me. He said, he sent the money. He said, I want to sow a seed into your life. And he didn't tell me, just send the money. And he sent the money into a church account. And he said, seed it to Pastor Ike. That's what he said. And the, the money went into a church account, right? And he come there and said, Pastor Ike, I sent you money into, I sent money. I saw this, I saw this. Not church, not church. I sold it into your life. I said, I saw it. But the money get, was in the church account. And it's okay. It doesn't really, it's not my money. Anything you send in that account does not belong to me. It's church. He said, really, I say, I say, don't worry about it. It's still for the gospel, so don't worry about it. And this week, this someone last week, this past, on Friday, on Thursday, somebody called me and said, God asked me to sow some seed in your life. It's not church. Another person now. I want to sow this seed in your life. I'm going to come to your house on Friday to give you the money. I'm going to give you the money. I'm coming to your house on Friday. I said, okay, no problem. Now, on Friday, in fact, when he was calling me, was the time I was praying. And you know, when I pray sometimes, I might leave some worship on, on YouTube. Like, if you're playing, I will worship him, I will pray, you know. I pray like that. So, but normally, apart from that, my phone, when I'm praying, my phone is off. It will be on silence. He can call me till Jesus come. I will not forget. Even if I know you're calling me, I'm praying. I will, even on my mistake is on. I'm off my phone. So he was calling me, and you know, and my phone was ringing, was making noise because the YouTube was on, you know. But you know, I couldn't just, you know, look at it. But I know that he said, I really, I I was he was saying he's gonna come today. So some people will say, ah, now this maybe this guy who is calling me is this guy who wants to sow seed to my life. God, you have to excuse me for me to check my phone and know that he's, he's the one calling me. <laughs> Some people will do that, right? But you forgot that it's God that laid in his heart for him to come and sow the seed. It's God that is telling him, come sow the seed. So I'm not disconnecting myself from God because you want to sow seed to my life. Never. You can't move me with money. I don't care. How, I respect people. I, see, that's the last thing going to move me with money. So my phone was I couldn't I couldn't check who who was calling I didn't I, I didn't check that even though it was it was making noise after two times the person stopped I didn't want to look at my phone I said maybe because of this song that that is why my phone is on normally I would just shut it off or put it on silence now after prayer I, I let I call ask oh it was the guy calling me I said no you know I'm sorry it's better for me to explain to you than to fix the call you know to interrupt God <laughs> I said you know what. You know, I, I, I was having my time. I can't figure. He said, "That's all right. I'm gonna come." He came and brought the money. When he brought the money, as I was as I was taking the money from him, I want to pray. God said, "That seed in your hand is not your money." I said, "What? It's not yours. Take that money, sow it." I just prayed for him. I said, "I said, I, I, said that seed. Don't take out one dollar from it. That seed is going to God was direct." <laughs> When he told me he's going to come sow the money, God, God already told me that that seed that guy is bringing is not your money. 
my wife was asking me, why is it going? I said, I don't know where it's going, but I know it's not my money. Whatever you saw in, it's not me. I don't have, it's not my money. But as, as he was dropping that envelope in my hand, and he was walking away, God said, that seed is going to Southwest Believers Convention in Fort, in Fort West, Texas. That is Kenny Copeland Ministry. They are doing a convention. They say, that seed goes there. Don't touch any time from it. And that seed has already gone there. Now, what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that, you see, how can you be praying and you are answering call? Let me give you an instance. Imagine that you are to see a president of a country. Maybe you are to see the prime minister of this country or to see the president of the United States. And you are talking with him. And you say, excuse me, sir. I want to, I want to ask you, can you excuse from him to take a call? You can't do that. In fact, in some nations, before you go in to see the president, they will take your phone from you. They will take it. They will ransack you, take everything from you because no distraction just to a president or to a governor. Now, you are talking to the king of kings. You are talking to the president of presidents. And you are being interrupted. Can you shout hallelujah? That is not right. So, you see, that means your heart is not involved. If you're praying to God and see, all kind of distraction is coming your way when you're praying. That means that what? Your whole heart is, you are just, your heart is not involved. When your heart is involved, well, in fact, if you're talking to a president or you're talking to a, a somebody of high hierarchy or high power and your phone is ringing, you, you know, it's like you say, who is this devil that is calling me at this time? He didn't know when to come. It's now that he want to come. Mm, mm, okay. If we try to stop the phone, you will try to stop it. Mm, who is this person that is called? You don't now. It's now that you want to call me. You will do everything to stop your phone when your phone is ringing. But now you are in front of God, and all kinds of things are distracting you. No result. Can you shout the man? So God wants us to approach him with what? All of our heart. Somebody say, all of my heart. Hallelujah. Now, Luke chapter 22, 22 verse 14. He prayed all the more earnestly, talking about Jesus. This is at the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed all the more earnestly and intently and his sweat became like great clot of blood dropping down upon the ground. This is your Jesus. We did, some of us didn't know that the, your Jesus is a man of prayer. Your Jesus is a man of the night. Read the whole of the, the Ephesus. Matthew, Luke, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's a man of the night. He's a man of prayer. Before everybody wakes up, Jesus has, before he's five, he has done all his prayers. Early. The Bible says he, look at it, he prayed that what was coming from him is like cloth of blood. That was how serious his prayer was. That was the intensity of his heart. You see, God is not looking at the volume of your words when you pray. You see, that prayer Jesus prayed in, in the Garden of Gethsemane was just one sentence. Father, not my will, let your will be done. He prayed that prayer for three hours. Just one line, one sentence. So it's not in the volume of words. It's in the state of the heart. Can you shout amen? So you see, sometimes when you want to pray, when you sit down to pray, you are tired. 
you're struggling. Sometimes you know it happened to me. I'll be on that prayer until I get strength. You see, the limitation of your flesh will bow when you travel in prayer. When you are feeling tired, sometimes I will sing and I'm tired, but I'm not going to leave that place. I will, I will try and sing and speak in tongues gradually. Gradually, strength will start coming. If you can travel, you will rule. To travel in prayer is to prevail in life. Until you travel in prayer, you cannot prevail in life. You're prevailing. Prevailing is tied, is tied to your traveling in prayer. So even when you're so tired, you're weak, make sure you stay there. When you, gradually, strength will come. Try it. Gradually, strength will come. And God will empower you in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, what time do I have? I have five minutes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. That is why I like my whole story. I have the whole of my time. But here I'm running to meet time every Sunday. Oh my goodness. Okay. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on you because he trusts you. Whose mind is fixed. Whose mind is focused. Whose whole attention is depending on God. I will give you what? My peace. All you need in your life is the peace of God. When you have the peace of God, everything will take place. Everything. Everything will work once the peace of God is there. But the peace of God will be released to those whose attention, whose whole heart, whose whole spirit is focused, is fixed towards God. Can you shout amen? Can you shout hallelujah? So, so your heart must not must not be wandering from place to place in the place of prayer. You must avoid every kind of distraction. You see, God must be your only source. You can't come to God when you have alternatives, you have choices, you have options. It doesn't work. You see, that place we read in Luke chapter 18, the Bible talks about a woman I wanted to read it when you go home, when you get home, 18 from verse 1 to 9. The Bible was talking about a woman who went to an unjust judge to seek justice. To an unjust judge. And see, the truth, see that whole verse of the Bible is talking about a heartfelt and a consistent approach to prayer. That's, what, that's the summary of that whole verse. He came, the man said, the man said, I can't help you. The man is unjust. Or the man was unjust. The man was biased. The man was unfair. The man was very, very partial. He was partial. He was racial. He was discriminatory. The, that same man we're talking about is unjust. He's unfair. He's biased. But that woman's heart was set. On that one, he said, She said, I don't care how you've been treating others, I don't care, but you must give me justice. I don't care what they're saying about you, but you, her whole heart was set. I'm not looking for any other alternative, I'm not looking for any other option. You, you unjust man, you must give me justice. That was the approach he, she came with, and she was consistent. 
Every day she will go there. Every morning, every night, every morning, every night. And Jesus said, if an unjust judge was worried by how that woman was coming and how her heart was set for a change, then what about you that will make a decision to call God day and night? He said, will God not revenge for your case? Will he not take vengeance for you? He said, I will answer you speedily. Verse feed. If your heart can be involved. And if you can't be consistent. Pressing on. He says, feed of result will come in your life. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 3. I'm wrapping up now. He said, for the Lord is the God of knowledge. And by him, actions are weighed. When you come, he knows. He will look at this one and say, mm, if, I give, if I give this one a breakthrough now, he will not come to church. <laughs> if I give this one a job now, he will not advance my kingdom. God said, see, he knows, he weighs all heart. That is why you must condition your heart when you're coming. You must be someone who puts the kingdom first in everything that you do. There are some people, when God blesses them more than where they are, you will not see them again. They will run. They are just coming for the blessing. But the reason God is blessing you is not just for you alone. He's blessing you because he wants to use you to advance the kingdom of God. He wants to use you so your life will be a testimony to other people. That's the reason for the blessing. So he said, for I'm going to wait when you see God will put your heart on a balance and will scale it. What will you weigh? So that is why we must recondition our heart. Recondition your heart. And let your heart be set on God. Set your heart on God. I don't have any other alternative outside of God. I'm going to set my heart. I must get the result. If an unjust judge can give a woman, that woman justice, what about your God? Who is just? He's not just just. He wants to favor you. He's a God of all favor. The Bible said. He can go through storms just to favor you. He's not a wicked God. He's a just God. And he said to his people he will favor them. So when you are coming set your heart. Set your heart. Because you must have a testimony. In the name of Jesus. Okay. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 7. Lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all your heart, all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own understanding. Don't rely on your own insight. Depend on God. The state of your heart is what determines the level of your harvest. The result you get is tied to your heart. The result you get is tied to your heart. Where you are sitting this morning, I'm going, to, I'm going to decree over your life. If before that, I want to condition your mind in 25 seconds. Condition your mind. I'll, I'll allow you to condition your mind in the next 25 seconds. Wherever you're watching me from, I'm giving you 25 seconds to recondition your mind. And once your mind is reconditioned, I want wherever you're sitting, wherever you're watching from, we're going to decree what you want God to do for you. Because that is the first step. If your heart is right, everything will be right. So, condition your mind. Are you ready this morning? Now open your mouth. Begin to decree. I want to ask God. What do you want? Ask God. Just open your mouth. 
with your heart condition this morning. I want to hear you this morning. I want to hear you speak. Speak. Say, God, my heart is conditioned. My heart is set to you. I'm not looking at any other alternative or choices. I'm going to defend on you this morning. I'm going to decree and ask God for that thing this morning. Because I see someone coming out from struggle this morning. I see someone coming out of pain. I see someone coming out of delay. I see someone coming out of disgrace and shame. Open your mouth. I see that thing you're looking for. That being tied. I see loose. Right this moment. Therefore, you can open your mouth and decree. In the name of Jesus, I decree a release of your job, of your healing, of your deliverance, of your restoration, of your desires, of your expectation. In the name of Jesus, you are loose from that evil habit. You are loose from that chain. You are delivered from that oppression. You are out. I see someone coming from struggle. You are out. You've been struggling all your life. This morning marks the end of that struggle. In that area of your life, I don't know who I'm talking to. You, that struggle come to an end. That struggle come to an end. In the name of Jesus, today marks the end of struggle. You will fly like an eagle. I say you will fly like an eagle. The struggles has come to an end and your life will fly like an eagle. I say your life will fly like an eagle. Your struggles has come to an end. And your life will fly like an eagle. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Quickly before, before I have a few to see the full friend now. Jeremiah 31 verse 5. Again shall thou plant vineyard upon the mountains of Samaria. And the planters what? Shall plant and shall enjoy what? the fruit thereof you have planted I decree it's time for you to reap the rewards I say you have planted it's time for you to reap the reward you have invested it's time for you to enjoy the harvest I'm decreeing over your life and I want your amen to be the loudest whatever you're watching from this morning if you're in the auditorium this morning I want to hear your voice I say you have planted it's time to reap the reward you have invested. It's time for you to harvest. You have sown. It's time for things to grow in your hands. I said you have done your part. It's time for the desire, expectation, and response to be released in your life. You have done your work. It's time for you to receive your money. You have gone to school. It's time for you to get the job. You have been trained. It's time for you to reign. You have leveled enough. It's time for you to enjoy abundance. You have decreed. It's time for you to have a testimony. In the name of Jesus. It is time for your healing. It is time for your breakthroughs. It is time for your favor. It is time for your increase. It is time for your restoration. To, to, today marks the end of your search. I don't know what you've been looking for. I decree for someone at the sound of my voice. This morning marks the end of your search. Your search has come to an end. Your search has come to an end. God will visit you with the desires of your heart. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 31 verse, Jeremiah 31, are we there? Jeremiah 31 verse, 30, verse 13 and 14. I'm going to read those two, those two 
scriptures quickly. I'm going to close. For I will turn their mourning to joy. I will turn their mourning to joy. Someone, you're hearing me, your mourning is not translated to joy. I will comfort them. No more weeping in your life. Your mourning is turned to joy. I will make them to rejoice rather than sorrow. That means sorrow has come to an end. In the affairs of your life. He said, I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance. And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. Receive the goodness of God. Receive the goodness of God. Receive abundance. Receive the goodness of God. In your life, in your business, in your career, in your relationship, in the works of your heart, in everything that you do. Receive the goodness of God. You will enjoy abundance from this moment. In the name of Jesus. The last scripture I have this morning. Jeremiah 31 verse 16. Thus says Jeremiah 31 verse 16. Are we there? Thus says the Lord. Refrain your voice from weeping. And your eyes from tears. For your work shall be rewarded. Who am I speaking to this morning? Your work is about to be rewarded. Your efforts. Your footing. Is about to, to be rewarded. I say your work I said your work is a vow to be rewarded in the name of Jesus I speak under the anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning I say your work is a vow to be rewarded your effort, your time, your contribution everything you've sought, everything you've done your work receives reward receives reward receives reward receives reward in the name of jesus you will testify i say you will testify to the glory of god in the name of jesus are you blessed this morning just thank god just worship him just thank him if you know you're blessed just thank him thank him give him some praise father we thank you this morning for our work will be remembered our work is we will be rewarded this week this week Every walk you put in, every expectation you have will be remembered, will be rewarded this week. This week, I decree in the name of Jesus, you will share testimony in Jesus' name.